Bidemi Olayede is an emerging artist and portrait documentary photographer born in Port Harcourt, Nigeria. Now living and working in Toronto, Canada, he uses black and white film to capture both vulnerable and vibrant images that tell a story about his subjects and community. He combines his passion for the historical medium of photography with his interest in the human condition. As the winner of the 2019 Barant Richards Award, Bidemi explores the format of platinum palladium in a contemporary context to present images from his street photography archive. Bidemi explores the concept of archival permanence with prints known to outlast even the printer. Bidemi's choice to present Toronto street scenes in this format ensures that his contemporary street scenes are preserved for generations to come in a so-called permanent archive. Bidemi describes the impetus for his project. So much of Black photographic history is lost. Informed by the mediums and methods of care he chooses in his process, he wants to continue the tradition of making photographs that last. So welcome, Bidemi. It's so great to have you um, with us here for your exhibition, uh, Paragon, Paragon, um, which is at the Gallery 44 in our Vitrines Gallery, uh, opening on February 2nd, and it will run until March 5th. So it's such a pleasure to be able to speak with you about the exhibition and about your practice in general. Uh, thanks for joining me. Of course, pleasure to be here. Great. So I have a few questions. Um, I know I've shared them with you, so I'm just going to jump in. The first one that I was really curious to hear you talk about is just if you could give a bit of history about the platinum palladium process or the format and what piqued your interest in working with this particular medium, because it's it's new to me, but I know it's a really it has a really long history. I'm going to give it a short answer, basically because it's a very long and very chemistry heavy uh, process, but it was basically invented in the 1800s, 1873, I believe. And it's basically a contact printing process, which is your negative has to be in direct contact with your paper in order to create the image. And it involves using platinum and palladium, as the name implies, um, which are both noble metals, Noble metals, meaning that they have like an outstanding resistance to oxidation, which is what in turn makes the print, so to speak, a, a permanent print, you know, so it's not going to fade over time or, or anything like that. And it also involves using ferric oxalate, which essentially is what makes it sensitive to light. So just like a brief run through of the process is uh, you make your negative to be as big as you want your final prints to be. And then you coat the paper using those, the combination of those three chemicals in your desired ratio. And then that's the negative, once the chemical is dry on the paper, the negative is then placed on it and exposed in UV light. So back in the day, they would just use the sun. So they would just leave the place outside for whatever amount of the required time. And then once that's taken off, you can see like a faint image of your negative and then that gets put through a few washes and other chemicals like citric acid for example which would then strip the excess off and then you'll be able to see the, the realized image that's basically uh like a, a run through and it's a very uh, expensive process you can imagine is using a metal like platinum and just a little trivia uh, about it is uh, it starts to die out around World War One, mostly because they had to use platinum for the war effort. 
<laughs> so the process starts to die because you need to use the platinum. Uh, and of course, platinum being an expensive metal, using jewelry and having that like very high resistance to oxidation is expensive. But it is what enables the prints to be very permanent. Why it piqued my interest was I've sort of been going down this road of making sure that my images are as permanent as could be. That's one of the reasons why I primarily shoot on analog mediums because they're usually known to be very long lasting and sustainable. And just stumbling upon the platinum palladium process, it just made sense to to want to ex like explore that because it's it was very interesting. I had seen photographers in the past like uh Urban Penn who did a lot of like really nice steel lives and stuff with this process and just also learning about its archival permanence was what really drew me to it. And also the look of it, you know, you get to see uh from the images, you get to see the brush strokes because you literally coat the emulsion onto the paper using kind of like a paintbrush, like a like a white brush. So no two prints will ever be the same. And I just love like that characteristic of it and has such beautiful brown tones and it's just just a very good looking and beautiful process yeah the the results which are which make up the exhibition that's in the vitrines right now like they're just stunning like when we were installing them and i could get up close like seeing the the tones that are present it's just so so beautiful so rich I think that also brings me into my next question, because one thing that I do know about like the history of platinum palladium is it tended to be like mostly portrait photography, but your work, you chose street scenes. I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about what got you interested in photographing street scenes. My interest in street scenes came, I think, first from being in a new environment, because I'm not originally from Canada. So then being in this new environment, I obviously felt the need to explore my new, my new surroundings. It wasn't something I did a lot back home either, you know, being in boarding school most of my life, you know, uh, and then being here and having much more freedom to, to just walk the streets and see, you know, what's happening because everything happens on the streets, everything happens outside. So when I actually started, I was just, I wasn't photographing people. I was mostly just photographing stuff I haven't seen before, you know, like these skyscrapers, you know, you know, it was a lot of like architecture and buildings and just like general street scenes. It wasn't really like focused on people. And then when I had realized that I wanted to get into photography and shoot, documentary and street and documentary photography was one that had always, that I have always gradu- uh, gravitated towards. So if I go to a gallery, say I go to the AGO or anything, like once I see like a street scene or something very like documentary, I was just always immediately attracted to it. And I knew that that was something I wanted to pursue at some point uh, down the line, mostly because I'm just very interested in time capsules. If you see a photograph that someone took in the 1960s and it's like, that's what it was in the 1960s. It's not like a painting where it could be fabricated, for example, right? I mean, you could fabricate a picture, but uh, that's why I like documentary photography because it's kind of like straight photography. So it's like, oh, this is what Toronto looked like in the 60s. And this is how people dressed in the 60s. This was how it was, what the architecture was like. And I just love that time capsule. Um, as much as we could easily get lost in the present, like this in itself is its own time capsule. These are the people who 
lived here at the time. This is what this street looked like. This is how people dressed at the time. So that's one thing that, uh, one of the main reasons why I then gravitated towards people and trying to photograph this, uh, these moments on the streets and just street scenes or documentary work in general. Speaking of a time capsule, like these photographs really do that work on many levels because also there there are photographs that you took like in 2018 I believe mm-hmm. that's and so to see people out and about at pride at, during the holidays like mm-hmm. it has a different affect now because we've been in so many years sort of social distancing and isolating that these images of people being together sort of do do offer a record a time capsule of a time that we're not we don't have access to right now so I think mm-hmm. It has that. It has that nostalgia of almost the 1960s. Exactly. Exactly. And in terms of time traveling, because it sort of is basically just as far away from us. Yeah, it feels like such a different time. You know, like had that been shot in the past year or two, you know, those most of the people in those photographs will probably have masks on. You know, and they're just like those little things that have just changed in such a little time. Yeah. That like this is why it's important to document the time. Yeah. Like it's almost like my job to just document the time because I think an artist's job, even when you're just making a painting or whatever, I think it's it's valuable to just like you know like speak to the times right now. Yeah, for sure. And also like some of the things that like one of the things I enjoy so much about looking at the images with you is you always point out different details or different little things that on first glance, you maybe won't take in, or it's just nice to see what you notice. And mm-hmm. part of that are these details around, you know, the ones that we included, like the the young boy with a kind of like scowl on his face and he's yeah. with his family, like these great moments of the little girl, like beaming up at her mother and like those really mm-hmm. lovely moments, which Yes, you might not get the same experience now because people tend to have their masks on or are kind of keeping their distance. Um, but one of the things that I was thinking about when I was looking at the images is wanting to ask you, like, um, what are the things that you've noticed about the city, like, I guess, like journey as a you know documentary photographer moving through the city? Like, is there anything that you've kind of like noted either about the city or the people? I think there's a few, but I can't really say what is, I can't really say what's what because I haven't necessarily photographed anywhere else to be able to sort of pull a comparison and be like, oh, this is a Toronto thing or, you know, but yeah, like I've experienced a bunch of things. I would say a lot of funny things actually. Like, for example, I feel a lot of people here, I guess I'm not that open to the camera. Uh, I feel like, I mean, as much as it's a bustling city and you know, everyone just can't get, get from point A to B, I feel like people still very much sensitive to the camera. You know, there's times where I'll be walking down the street and I'm not even touching the camera. It's just, you know, on my neck or just like slinging to the side, you know, and people walking by me covered their face. And I'm not even holding the camera. I'm like, wow, like, does this happen? everywhere else and sometimes like at events like pride or caribana or like you know big settings where everyone's in costumes and taking photos sometimes that still happens there so sometimes it's yeah it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting thing but i feel like it has all the characteristics of i guess um any urban landscape is a city right you know so there's people 
there's you know you see some people that are like have a bit more character in the way they dress or they act you see there's some people that are just kind of like reoccurring like you see them all the time you know i feel like these are just characteristics of like living in a city that you you will probably find um elsewhere which is why like you know you, you could look deeper and find these uh, this little brief um moments and that's what i like about sort of like street documentary photography and how i shoot because at the end of the day like i shoot very instinctively i don't go out like trying to look for a particular moment or anything i mostly just go out and if it resonates with me in the moment i just intuitively click you know and then i go look at that after because ultimately the photographs are coming from me so whatever had piqued my interest intuitively at the time just like based on gut reaction would ultimately be saying something about me so that's kind of how i i choose to shoot uh, but i don't it's 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 pretty much a city you know it, it has the characters of city there's characters there's you know there's um what is it there's districts you know you could be in the financial district you see more like people in suits going to work you know there's kind of like it's like uh if you were in new york and you're around the world trade center you know you would see roughly the same thing you know but just like the, the usual characteristics of the city so until i get a chance to shoot somewhere else maybe i'll be able to pinpoint some more things that maybe unique to to the city to kind of be an observer when you're out and about mm-hmm. because generally like you're saying people are sort of bracing their their heads are down there they have a destination and to kind of like be in that um, but be someone who's observing like I think the images that are included in the exhibition and all of the ones that we looked at together they definitely capture these moments that are unguarded in the sense that they are very human Um, they show a range of emotion and experience and they're very relatable in terms of like we both kind of like laughed and smiled in some moments or like had had kind of break conversation triggered by sort of like one expression or one detail Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of it's amazing that those moments come out of these sort of instinctive clicks as you describe so I it, like on that note, I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about the process related to the selection of the images you're presenting in this exhibition. Um, I know we've we talked a bit, but I know that you kind of went through uh, your own archive and came up with some of these images. I was wondering if you could talk a bit about that. My selection process, I try to keep very fluid, you know, especially when there's no particular mandates for the exhibition you know, or like a theme I'm supposed to be following. Because most times uh, I'm a big believer in studying your own work and getting to know your own work because ultimately it's telling you something about yourself. Uh, So there are some images like the ones that we have in the show right now. Um, There are some images that just feel like I haven't wrapped my head around yet because that's the whole point of photography, right? You make the photograph instinctively and then I go study it to be like, what is this photograph telling me? Um, why did I take this photograph? Like, what drew me to this? And then I have to find, and I could only find those answers within the photograph. So that's sort of like my compass to like when I'm going through, you know, I can remember some moments, like, you know, I remember, you know, I remember photographing in the winter, you know, there was this family, you know, I remember 
boy giving me a scowl you know like i'm like what's that about like I, like for example that that photograph particularly like i always kind of see him as me for some reason you know and i just have to it's for me to dig deeper into that image like i just i look at him i'm like he looks like me <laughs> you know what i mean like that's me as a young kid you know and and then i just sort of like start looking at the mechanics of the of the image a little deeper and that's when you get to that's when you get your answers uh basically so that's kind of my selection process or even the photograph of of the little girl you know like beaming up at her mom you know like i i love that and it's no lie that i'm a mama's boy you know proud and true <laughs> you know like this i could relate with it on that level so i would have observed or seen that moment and been like oh no that could be me too <laughs> you know like that's there's a reason why i was drawn to that moment that i I made that image, you know. Uh, I feel like that's that's my process of just going through, and then through printing, you know, and spending time with the images because it is quite a process, even if it's it's sort of a gelatin process. But just printing the work requires you to spend a lot of time with the work. You're making test trips. You're basically just with that work for a few days or weeks or months, and as you work on it, you you see more. You see things and that's why to me like a photograph is never finished until it's printed even to the point of framing it or hanging it on the wall you get to see you get to see it from like these very different views you were the creator so sometimes it's very hard to detach from or oh, i remember that day i remember when i saw that you know it's hard to detach from that sometimes so seeing it in physical form as a print or hanging on the wall and having these conversations with uh people passing by it or your peers are things that sort of like enlighten your view it kind of like takes you back a bit because people could also point out like we had the conversation people could also point out how it resonates to them and you can be like oh i didn't see that because i'm too close to it right because i made it but yeah that's that's kind of like how i like to go through my selection process try to keep it very fluid and i guess true to me and see what the images are telling me about me yeah, yeah, I, I really, that really resonates with what the images look like and how they come across. And I think also, like, one of the things that are is coming up in, in what you're talking about is the, is the topic of, like, representation. And when you're saying, like, I see me and, and, and I see myself reflected in exactly. this and thus others will too, or that's the aspiration. And um, I think that really uh, leads well into my next question, which is like the title of this exhibition. We had a really great conversation about your interest in the term paragon, um, which I was like, what? I don't know this word, <laughs> I guess, because I am not a math whiz, but I was wondering if you could share your thought process a little bit around coming up with the title and maybe you can recall like your thought process about our, around our conversation when we sort of like, mm -hmm. hold the title together. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a very mathematical uh, term. <laughs> so a paragon is essentially um, an angle. It's essentially a full circle. It's a 360 degree circle, but it's an angle that's obtained by rotating a half line in the same plane, uh, like uh, and around the same point. So ultimately it comes back to the same spot, making it a full circle. And how I kind of like came to that was, I was thinking again about process because I'm very much about process. And 
just based on what we spoke about in the last question, how I would go out and I would photograph by my guts, basically, and come back and process those and spend time with it and study it. And ultimately, it tells me something about myself. To me, that's a full circle, where if you think about it as a circle with a half line, and the half line starts and ends in the same place, which is the full circle, it's basically I am the half line, where it begins from me. And then as the circle moves, or as the line moves in a circle, that's my process where I go out, I shoot instinctively, I document these moments that could really stand and represent a lot of things, hence the other part of the word paragon. And then ultimately it's the circle ends and comes back to me. Once the photograph is finished, ultimately the resulting photograph is telling me about me, the resulting photograph is me. So it kind of like starts from me and still kind of ends back with me. Because, so that's how I, I, I sort of like thought about it in that full circle. And then uh, Paragon more reflects the work that the photographs or the moments that we're photographs are doing, you know? So essentially Paragon is a personal thing that's, that could be viewed as a model or like a perfect example of a particular quality. So say, for example, the photograph of the boy looking up during Pride, you know, to me, that's how I saw that um, is as like a model of expression. You can see the outfit with the net look, you know, and with the crop top screaming Pride, you know, like there's also like this almost like a, like a wind jacket with a logo representation, representation is expression, right? You can see the piercing, you know, through the ears, you know, everything, the Afro, the very clean Afro, you know, is expression. Uh, and also the words sound very similar. So the same way I see myself mirrored in a lot of my images is the same way the words mirror themselves, like Paragon, 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 Paragon. You can say that anyways, and the way they're spelled and placed side by side in any order, looks almost like a reflection of of themselves so that's kind of how the, the whole title came together yeah i just i think it's such a an interesting play and thinking about these sort of shifting dynamics of power and legibility and and subjectivity and how you kind of you being the line the through line sort of does mm -hmm. make a difference in how these subjects are presented and and how these subjects are understood um, and how how you relate to them and how how they are mm -hmm. sort of preserved and I think that goes into the medium as well the platinum palladium like these long lasting mm -hmm. things uh, or sorry these long lasting photographs that sort of serve as serve as entries into an archive into a record of of subjectivity of uh, that is tender that is vibrant that is complex and um I think I think that's so wonderful and and so uh interesting and so I encourage uh everyone to check out the exhibition which runs uh the, in the gallery 44 vitrine gallery from February 2nd to March 5th there will be documentation available online and uh it's been such a pleasure to chat with you Wizemi thank you for making time Same. and for sharing um, a little bit more about your work and about your process. Uh, and yeah, I hope, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.
Of course, you too. Have a good one.